0: Good day to you. We are ready to read 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We just read, um, here in our previous session, we read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul is (coughs) basically telling the Corinthians to, at the end, he's telling them not to deceive themselves and think that they are wise. Um, but let them consider themselves fools so that they can truly learn wisdom from God and, uh, and that everything is theirs you know, given to them by God whether they are of Paul or Apollos or Peter that uh, that's not important all things are theirs and that they belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to God so that everything is God's still all right, so we're going to continue on because he's trying to get them to see that these these factions are are not good. <clears throat> so then, let us who minister—oh, I'm sorry. So this is First Corinthians chapter four, verse one. So then, let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards, trustees, administrators of the mysteries of God that He chooses to reveal. In this case moreover it is required as essential and demanded of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy but as for me personally it matters very little to me that i may be judged by you or any human court on this point in fact i do not even judge myself i am aware of nothing against myself and i feel blameless but i am not by but i am not by this acquitted before god it is the lord who judges me So do not go on passing judgment before the appointed time, but wait until the Lord comes, for he will both bring to light the secret things that are hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. So he's talking about us ministers being the servants of Christ, the apostles that are coming and and teaching them that... uh, It is, acquired, it is required and essential that they be found faithful and trustworthy. But, he doesn't worry about people's judgment on these things. He doesn't worry about that because he knows who will be judged by God and that God's judgment is the one that matters. And, he tells them not to be passing judgment because some of them, sounds like some of them are perhaps judging like, oh, I'm of Paul, and I judge Apollos and Peter to be somehow less or be wrong. I don't know, but this, this is how it sounds. So he's saying, you know, do not be judging, and do not be passing judgment, but wait, and God will God will judge, uh, but wait until the Lord comes, for he will bring both light to the secret things that are hidden. In darkness and disclose the motives of the hearts. So, okay, let's continue on with verse 6. Now I have applied these things, that is, the analogies about factions, to myself and Apollos for your benefit, believers, so that you may learn from us not to go beyond what is written in scripture, so that none of you will become arrogant and boast in favor of one minister or teacher against the other. For who regards you as superior or what sets you apart as special? What do you have that you did not receive from another? And if in fact you received it from God or someone else, why do you boast as if you had not received it but had gained it by yourself? There's some sort of weird pride that we get in belonging in certain groups. I, I don't know why this is and I guess I've, I don't, I don't fully understand it. But anyway, I do note that sometimes we do have a bit of pride in belonging to certain groups and certain things, like we think that bolsters um, a good opinion of us or something like that. Um, So, anyway, he's telling them here that he's, you know, using this comparison for them to learn from and that they should not boast in favor of one minister or one teacher versus another, you know, and... It's not even, you know, it's not even up to them to, you know, why are, you know, why are you superior? You think that you're special, that you can boast about one or the other, or you can judge one from another. You know, what do you have that you did not receive from another? You received it from someone else. You know, if you're of Paul. Or Peter, then you're saying you received it from them. Well, why would you boast about that as if you had done something to gain it yourself? Because you didn't. You still received it from someone else, and guess what? It still came down from God through God. So, telling them not to be arrogant in this odd belief of factions and believing one minister is better than another and that they are somehow, through association, better than another. They are not. And he's just telling them, you know, why do you boast of this as if you had done something to do it yourself? Because you didn't. You're all basically telling them you're all the same. Whether you know whether you learned from me, from Apollos, or Peter, you're all still the same. You still, you know, receive this from God. All right. Um, Verse eight. You behave as if you are already filled with spiritual wisdom and in need of nothing more. Already you have become rich in spiritual gifts, you in your conceit have ascended your thrones and become kings without us, and how I wish that were true and that you did reign as kings so that we might reign with you. For I think God has exhibited us apostles at the end of the line like men sentenced to death and paraded as prisoners in a procession, because we have become a spectacle to the world, a show in the world's amphitheater, both to angels and men. We are regarded as fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong, you are highly esteemed, but we are dishonored. To this present hour we are both hungry and thirsty, we are continually poorly dressed, and we are roughly treated and wander homeless. We work for our living, working hard with our own hands. When we are reviled and verbally abused, we bless. When we are persecuted, we take it patiently and endure. When we are slandered, we try to be conciliatory and answer softly. We have become like the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, even until now. So, Paul is contrasting and comparing their attitude. <laughs> the, the, the Corinthians have this attitude that they are already just so filled with spiritual wisdom, that they are, you know, just enriched with spiritual gifts, that they are like the kings, they are the ruler, they are above all, you know, they really regard themselves extremely highly in spiritual things, and then Paul contrasts that with, he believes that the apostles, they are going through all these, you know, they, okay, let me rephrase that, then God, uh, you know, um, Paul is saying that the apostles, on the other hand, are truly going through a lot of hardships. They're going through a lot of hardships to serve the Lord. Okay, they really go through a lot of this, and he thinks, um, how does he say this? That's what I was trying to get at a minute ago. For I think God has exhibited exhibited us apostles at the end of the line. You know, because you know they're the ones that. They go through all the hardships and they do all the hard work and it's it's very hard on them and yet they do that for the Lord. And yet these people are sitting back probably in their homes or whatever living the good life in this city and they are they just think they are so full of spiritual wisdom. There's a little bit of, um, while there's contrasting here I think there's a little sarcasm going on here. You know? Uh, that they think so highly of themselves. So let's let's move on. I don't want to. I don't want to stress that too much. But if you look in fourteen, verse fourteen, I do not write these things to shame you, but to warn and invite and advise you as my beloved children. Okay. So he's not writing this to shame them, but he is trying to warn and advise them that they think too highly of themselves and they they need to look and see what's what's happening the apostles you know are really doing a lot of hard work anyway for you know in comparison in comparison for even if you were to have 10,000 teachers to guide you in Christ yet you would not have many fathers who led you to Christ and assumed responsibility for you for i became your father in Christ Jesus through the good news of salvation meaning he came there and he taught them the gospel And they were, excuse me, they were, um, you know, they were baptized, they came to salvation through his teachings, through his, you know, coming there. So I urge you to be imitators of me just as a child imitates his father. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my way of life in Christ, my conduct and my precepts for godly living, just as I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul teaches, you know, he teaches the same gospel. He teaches the same concepts and ideas in every church. And he sent in Timothy to help teach and lead them further because obviously these people have gotten off on the wrong track. Now some of you have become arrogant and pretentious, like he kind of mentions before as though I were not coming to see you but I will come to you soon if the Lord is willing and I will find out not just the talk of these arrogant people but evaluate their spiritual power whether they live up to their own claims for the kingdom of God is not based on talk but on power which do you prefer shall I come to you with a rod of discipline and correction or with love and a gentle spirit now he's He's telling them that he is going to come to them, Lord willing, and that he's going to evaluate them because, well, because he can. He can evaluate them. Now, he's not going to condemn them, but he's going to evaluate their spiritual progress. And he's saying, should I come to you with a rod of discipline and correction or with love and a gentle spirit? Which would you prefer? Because they're they're being kind of arrogant. He says there now some of you become arrogant and pretentious as though I were not coming to see you. Like, oh, I don't believe he's ever coming to see us. We're just gonna do our own thing. You know, or whatever. I'm I'm not sure what they were saying, but I mean just that this does not sound good, so he's like, How do you want me to come to you? So he can come at them, you know, with the rod of discipline and correction, but I think he wants to come with them you know, with love and a gentle spirit. That's what that's what he wants to do. All right, so that that is actually the end of chapter four. That was some of these chapters are rather quick, and this is um, pretty quick teaching. But Paul is laying it out there. He's trying to, uh, you know, make his case that they need to. You know, not be so conceited and arrogant and that they need to bring themselves down a peg and be humble and not have these, still not have these divisions, not have this contention within themselves, thinking that one is better than another, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. This is just continual teaching on this. And this is very good teaching for us to have as, as an example that we should never do that either. We should never think that we are better than someone else. Um, we should never think that highly and be that arrogant that, you know, that we are all, we are just so full of spiritual things and that we are just so good and above and beyond everyone else. That's that's probably not going to end up being the case, (laughs) you know. Anyway. Alright. So thanks for listening. I hope this has been useful to you. I I think this is, Paul's being pretty straightforward in all that he's teaching here. Um, If I have trouble uh, with anything, um, like I did in an earlier chapter, I will let you know, just so you know that, you know, sometimes I myself will struggle to maybe understand something simply because of the way it's worded or phrased. Uh, But overall, I'm finding this a, a lot easier to understand. So, Again, thanks for listening. Remember to stay safe and remember that God loves you.